You're listening to Escaping the Rat Race. I'm your host, Amy Leo, a singer, songwriter, and mental health educator. And our show is all about questioning the status quo and pushing the boundaries into what's possible for human beings and not probable. So tune in and get ready to escape the rat race, not only the monotonous nine to five work grind, but also that incessant internal mental chatter that prevents most of us humans from experiencing more joy, peace, clarity, and freedom. On today's show, I'm talking with Yogi Aaron, who's actually the co-founder of the Blue Osa Resort, where we are holding our Summer Entrepreneurial Summit this August 6th through 13th. And on today's call, Aaron spoke with such lightheartedness, but also a deep knowing that has been cultivated through his 20 years of yoga and business experience. And both of us shared what I think are some pretty awesome stories on today's show. So get ready to be inspired. And also get ready to explore how you can really live with a quality of life that's perhaps even more enriching than you ever thought possible. Entrepreneurs do it all, putting aside personal care for the success of their business. This August, revive your sanity and your work in a week-long professional growth retreat in Costa Rica. Spend seven nights at the Blue Osa Resort with three fresh garden-to-table meals a day, yoga classes, and 10 coaching classes for the success of your business and your life. Sign up for the advanced program and receive one-on-one coaching with Jean Catherine before and after the retreat. To find out more, go to www.reviveyoursanity.com, www.reviveyoursanity.com. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on wherever you are in the world today. I'm Amy Leo from ReviveYourSanity.com. I'm actually sitting outside of Helsinki, Finland today, and I have on the line a very inspirational fellow, I think. His name is Yogi Aaron. He is the author, (laughs) autobiography of A Naked Yogi, so I know y'all will be intrigued with that. He's also the owner and the yoga director of Blue Osa and runs the yoga teacher training and we at revive your sanity are actually going to blue osa next month so i think this is absolute perfect timing to get aaron on the call with us so here we go (laughs) i'm gonna pretty much uh let you kind of take the lead so if you could just share a little bit about your personal story yogi aaron and then also a little bit um about what it's been like for you to create a successful business uh, well, first of all, Amy, thank you so much for having me on the program. And um, as you're sitting outside Helsinki, I'm sitting in our beautiful, um, luscious green garden at Blue Osa, overlooking the ocean with all five of my animals sitting around me right now. <laughs> well, that sounds so, pretty good. It's, it's raining here so <laughs> and cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for you to get here. I'm so excited for you to see Blue Osa and, um, and what we're doing here. Yeah. And uh, we can't wait to have your group come. I uh, um, got here about seven years ago. And um, before that, I was um, in New York. Since 2001, I opened and ran a yoga studio there. And uh, quite unsuspectingly, actually, I landed in New York 
knowing that I wanted to teach yoga, but knowing that I really wanted just to cater to people privately and have a lot of time to focus on my own practice. And a lot of that happened, but what ended up happening in the bigger picture is it ended up opening a yoga studio and um, creating a beautiful community of people there. And then from that, um, I saw the need to further that sense of community. And I really felt compelled or calling to create a space, a safe space for people to, uh, to commune uh, and to co- congregate. And that's the sort of how Blue Osa was um, born. The I, original idea was actually to create an ashram in New York City. <laughs> and when I started to realize the price of that and how much that was going to cost, et cetera, et cetera, I went, this is just crazy. And, um, and then I just started looking outside Costa Rica. I actually had my eye on Rishikesh, India, for a long time. And, um, and then one day, I was leading a yoga retreat in Costa Rica, much like when you're coming down here. And just driving down the road, and I saw a Century 21 sign outside this property and looked into the gate. And just beyond the gate, there was this tunnel of bougainvilleas and at the end of that tunnel was a topaz emerald looking fee and i just thought to myself this is the place where i need to call home (laughs) Mm -hmm. and immediately uh, put down a deposit and um, haven't looked back since it's so beautiful i love a few themes that you're touching on and and one is the community piece which is so beautiful but also this piece of the little delights of life kind of lying in the unexpected in that when we follow our own wisdom that it often at least in my own life when i follow my own wisdom it 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 does have a way of life unfolding in a way i never could have predicted and that's been so amazing it sounds like that's what happened with the blue osa story <laughs> for you Yeah, I I mean, Blue Osa, Adam said it once best that Blue Osa is about being here is about seeing doors that are opening in our lives. And being a Blue Osa is a big invitation to walk through those doors. Hmm. And so many people have said to me, you know, Aaron, you're so lucky. And I, I say back to them, you know, luck has really nothing to do with it. It's doors opened and I walked through them and I really believe that I believe, but I believe also that many of us don't see those doors and we don't see them because um, to coin like sort of the yoga phrase, you know, we, we suffer from a video. We, we can't see them because we don't know about them. Yes. <laughs> so once we, once we get to work and, and that covering uh, is burned in the fire of practice, so through yoga practice, um, the covering disappears, and we all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I can see, you know, these doors now. And but then you have to have the courage to walk through them. So it's not just about seeing them; it's also about walking through them. And so many, so many times, I see so many people they have literally opportunities handed to them on silver platters. 
and they still walk away from them. And uh, um, it, it's fascinating to me to watch that happen in, in real time, um, that where people are given opportunities and they just don't take them. And the lineup of excuses comes. And, and, and so when inspiration, you know, inspiration is like, you know, in the Tantricas call inspiration like a, a secret lover that needs to be nurtured and cared for and respected. And um, if you don't respect her, if you don't tend to her and caress her and nurture her and woo her, she will disappear. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's it's so important to honor inspiration when she shows up. Yes. Even if you don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I, 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 when you're speaking, I just had a giggle myself because I, have had a few opportunities now and they've happened after I've made a big decision like quitting my social work day job or whatever it was and then two months later I didn't know what I was going to do Aaron and two months later I came across this job where I could only have to work in the states for two and a half months a year and then the rest of the year I mean I was I'm, I'm not a millionaire but I have been able to to live and that's allowed me to travel and, and experience life not through just books, but experientially. So I'm wondering if you can share with listeners, I know you also run international retreats with Blue Osa. So what for you would be the benefit of someone taking the time to travel somewhere and to give themselves time for a retreat? Well, I've actually been leading yoga retreats long before Blue Osa. And, and when we opened Blue Osa, I, I, I knew that I still wanted to do retreats around the world. And so we created Blue Osa Journeys, and, which was really to fulfill my own need of travel. I, I mean, travel for me is just the most important way to just expand not just who we think we are in the world, but to understand who we are in the world. Um, and, and also to understand the world. Uh, we have so many you know, ideas and beliefs around the world, about the world, that are just uh, steeped in ignorance. <laughs> I, think, I think to myself, like, um, you know, like India, for example, I've traveled 10 times to India now and led five groups, six groups, actually, to India. And, um, and, and people are always blown away by how much of their sort of opinions of the world, opinions of India, um, and were not true. Yeah. And how much of their own sort of personal judgment gets in the way of their own experience. It's kind of like, you know, seeing a family and seeing that they're dirty, and, and I'm just using this as an example, but looking, you see a family on the street you're walking by, you see a family of, of Indians living on the street, literally, and you see that they're dirty, and, and all of a sudden the judgment meter pops up and goes, oh, they're dirty, they're unclean, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you actually start to interact with them and find out that they have more joy than most of us ever experience in a lifetime, and you think to yourself, like, oh, my God, you know, it, it makes me re-examine all of my cherished beliefs about myself, about people, and all of the things that I value. Um, 
And I think that's the greatest gift uh, that a person could have is in, in and I also think too, like in travel, you often, if not more than likely experience challenges and obstacles, just as simple as trying to find a place to eat. And obviously if you're on retreat with me, that will never be an issue, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but if you're by yourself and you're, you're finding, you're having, you know, you can have challenges just by trying to find a place to eat. And I think those, those challenges, those things that put us outside of our comfort zone show us, you know, what we can do in life and that we have more abilities than we think we do. And we are more resilient than we think we are. And it's all part of the adventure of, of exploring your self-imposed limitations and getting ourselves out of the box. There's no greater gift that one can give themselves than travel and traveling and putting yourself into travel situations that, you know, where you don't know what's going to happen next. I think that's so amazing. My favorite thing to do. Me too. I find I, I feel I'm most really alive in that. And, and there's always possibilities on offer, but I think what happens is when I'm in my everyday routine and in the States, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to believe the, the brain's predictive powers, you know, like it's exactly what you said about the doors being open, you know, <laughs> whatever we think and believe. And I love that you're really touching upon this because belief and assumptions are incredibly powerful. They do form our experience, but just because we're having yes. an experience that's limited, doesn't make it true. <laughs> we're kind of very, yeah. uh, not objective, you know, we're not objective with it at all. Um, so I really love, yeah. love what you're sharing. And, and I wonder if you can oh, thank you. a little bit on, I'd love to hear. I actually, uh, I, I did actually go to your website and I noticed there was a talk that you gave and I would love to hear your experience with uh, traveling and experiencing psychological freedom, even when you're in uh, precarious situations, because I know you had shared on, on the video that you had been traveling and, and did find yourself uh, actually physically injured. So I'm not sure if you'd like to share that with folks, but I think that would be a neat direction to go in. <laughs> I've had a few experiences. There was one time in Colombia uh, when I went on vacation to Colombia for a f- short visit and had a wonderful vacation and then got to the airport and was told that I wasn't allowed to leave Columbia. <laughs> and I was, and I was on a tight schedule. I was like, I was, I kind of had arrived at the airport sort of last minute and then they wouldn't let me get on the plane and Oh my God, the drama. And I, it's like, I tell my yoga students, like, this is why you practice yoga so that you can arrive in these moments with complete stability and serenity. <laughs> But the other time was one I was talking about in my uh, one of my talks is um, it's a long story, but to make it short, um, I was leading a group uh, in the Himalayan mountains, and we were actually hiked up to this place called Tapovan, which was at 15,000 feet, and we stayed there for the night, and the next morning, uh, we started going down this glacier, which was very, very, very steep. And so we went really slow and easily and took breaks. And we were almost at the very end when somebody looked up 
and, and yelled to everybody to look up, look up, look out. And this boulder, which was about twice the size of a basketball, came plummeting towards us. And it actually ended up hitting me. I, I looked up too late. And it actually hit me right smack in the middle of my leg, my left leg, and immediately broke my femur bone in two. And I ended up having to be trapped on that mountain for a full day until help arrived. I think, you know, one of my worst fears talk about facing your fears. One of my first worst fears has always been, you know, not just getting injured in a foreign country, but getting injured in a remote place in a foreign country. (laughs) 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 And you couldn't get more remote than Dabovan, which was, you know, it was three and a half days before I finally arrived at the hospital and got operated on. And, um, the, uh, that moment taught me a lot about um, surrender. And I always tell people it was actually the culmination of my practice. Like arriving in that moment was the culmination of all the yoga practice that I had ever done Mm -hmm. came to me in that one moment. And um, my ability to um, be steady, to take responsibility for my life and my love of the divine, my deep connection that I had cultivated with the divine um, was what really got me through that uh, moment. And there was a moment when we didn't know if help was going to arrive and we thought that we were going to have to stay there all night. And all of our clothes had gone ahead to the porter. So we had no clothes and no shelter we were basically stranded right in the open on this glacier uh, where the temperature would have dropped to below zero. And there's a moment of deep surrender, like, you know, I'm going to have to just surrender to this and, um, and just trust that, you know, something's the right thing is going to happen. Whatever is meant to be is going to happen. I, it's out of my control, it's out of my hand. And to be really practicing deep contentment uh, in that moment as much as I could. So um, that challenges do face us, and that challenge is that that moment that of that boulder hitting me um, really reshaped the rest of my life on so many in so many ways. And one of the I say obvious, but maybe it's not so obvious to some people. But obviously. One of the biggest ways that reshaped me was teaching me about how fragile life is and how to really appreciate it. And also not to cling to moments. Like some of us cling to moments, cling to moments that are um, happy and joyful, but also many of us cling to our miserable moments. Like we just carry those miserable moments with us. And there's a beautiful phrase in scripture that says this moment shall pass. This too shall pass. And um, every moment just passes. But in those moments, those are, that's also our life. And so to really cherish each moment, no matter how quote unquote bad it is or quote unquote, how good it is to take all moments as, as precious because they are our life and, once those moments are gone, they're gone forever. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 
get get to it and enjoy it and be be in each moment yeah i i find it really fascinating how um i i and i grew up in a really small town and and people would be horrified and what what some folks i can hear them now would would say is well this is why i don't travel because i wouldn't get hit by a boulder on, yeah. on Himalayan mountain but the truth is this can happen anywhere at any time because the more that I live into life, the more I see it's really neutral and that things happen to everybody and that it's not personal. Yeah. And what I hear from your story is that you had access and you tapped into this quiet mind space, this resiliency that's available for every human being, no matter what external circumstance that they're that they're going in. And I've talked with enough enough humans to realize that, you know, most people really um don't cherish the quote unquote negative uh, or embrace it. You know, most people don't, well, I, I, I can even speak for myself. I don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't like discomfort either. But I found that again, it's this process of looking inward that you're talking about where it doesn't seem as scary and I'm not as scared of my human experience. And I'm able to be much more graceful in my lows and grateful in my highs. And, and there's something different about living that way, like you said, where where it is your life, this is all you've got. Um, yeah, I, I just am really struck by it. And, hmm, uh, yeah. What turns me more than anything is to see um, that people don't have the fire of life lit underneath their ass or the fire of urgency yeah. that, you know, people, so many people um, say that they're waiting for retirement or they're waiting for all the stars to be aligned, whatever that means, and to do something. But why are you putting off today what may never happen tomorrow? I was actually about a year ago, I had a friend in Costa Rica, more of an acquaintance than a friend. And um, I didn't really know his whole story until that moment because what had happened was is his partner – and his partner's best friend, who was also his best friend, um, and his partner um, were in a car, and um, they were driving to their home, which was sort of on the other side of Costa Rica, and a propane truck um, somehow smashed into their car, and they all died instantly. And he was devastated. My poor friend was devastated. Um, of course, as anybody would be, but he wasn't, he was, of course, he was sad that they had lost their life and he had lost, you know, his best friend and his partner, but he was more devastated that they had waited, you know, so long to live the life that they wanted to live. And he was telling me that, that they were just all finally coming to live at, in the same, they were all coming to live together. And they had been planning this for several years and they had made a part of their plans to go and explore Costa Rica and to go explore Nicaragua, which is just above Costa Rica and to go on all these trips to Panama, which is just below Costa Rica and that they had waited all these years to do that. And now those dreams of everything that they were going to do was gone. And I just felt so much sadness that they had waited and waited and waited all those years instead of living the life that they had dreamed of when they had dreamed of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
Oh, totally. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. It was, I was so sad. It, it's something I still think about to this day. Um, it deeply affected me for weeks after that. Um, and, and there was actually a few other people right around that time that I had uh, found out had also lost um, loved ones in similar situations where they were not able to do what they really wanted to do. And my deepest sadness is to see when people have an opportunity or, or have a dream and are waiting and I kind of use that joke, um, I said kind of jokingly, but it's also said half seriously, is waiting for the stars to align. And the stars are aligned, I believe, as soon as you have the idea. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you have inspiration, go for it. Don't wait. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, when you were telling the story, reminded that I, I have had a really non-traditional lifestyle for, you know, <laughs> for several years, for about five years now, where I have been traveling and I remember walking with my mom on the beach and she was saying, well, you know, again, a lot of these cultural beliefs and well, you know, like these are your, your major earning years and you can travel when you retire and you meet someone. And I hadn't met my sweetheart by, at that time. And, and I, and I looked at her and I said, mom, I may not make it to retirement. And I wasn't, she said, Oh, don't be dramatic. And I said, mom, I'm not being dramatic. Like the truth is I really don't know. And I do know that right now this is, what makes sense for me and it what it's what lights me up and and I can't even imagine how life life would have been so different for me if I had stayed with the quote unquote safe secure path of continuing with my medical school uh, studies you know <laughs> everything yeah. that happened would be totally different and and also when you were speaking sometimes I mentioned this on the radio show but I was also really struck by, uh, and you may have heard heard this, but too, uh, Yogi Aaron, but was a nurse. I think she was in New Zealand, uh, a hospice nurse that put together like the five biggest regrets of the dying, and and the top one was yeah. I wish I wish I'd lived a life that uh, was true to myself and not what others expected. And I'm really been blessed that for the past five years, that job that I do have in the fall is working with people that are 65 and older. And I can't tell you how many times, Aaron, that I have sat with a couple or one of them who's widowed. And I was like, oh yeah, I was just in Ireland in August. And oh, well, Suzanne and I wanted to go to Ireland, but we're never going to make it there now, you know. Um, and stories of, you know, one woman's husband just died right in front of her heart attack in the driveway. And, and, and I'm not sharing this, you know, to be a Debbie Downer to people on the call, but I think what Yogi Aaron and I are pointing to is really the moment to moment immediacy of life and the opportunities that you yeah. have right now, even when it's a crappy day, you know, there are so many things to, to be grateful for and to experience and to learn from. Yeah. Yes. Gratitude gets us out of the gutter of our life and into infinite possibilities. Yeah. yeah. There's one thing I love to. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing I love to share. Uh, I like to find stories that are really um, kind of beating the odds, and and one of them that's coming to mind is. Uh, actually a man who, again, this isn't something that we think is, is normally possible, right? We don't, and we, and, and sometimes like what you had said about the judgment piece, like we would look at this man and we would pity him and things like that. So there was a man who was hospitalized. He had a diagnosis of uh, schizophrenia. He had been hospitalized for more than 40 years. 
And uh, a colleague of mine was uh, actually a, a psychiatrist colleague was giving a talk there. And, uh, and he said, you know, <laughs> he probably looks really crazy to the staff because here he is talking with as you and I are talking, treating human beings as human beings, sharing about how the mind works. And of course, you know, people are hallucinating and things like that. No one's really paying attention to him. But this one gentleman on the third talk looked him right in the eyes and started laughing, like this huge belly laughter for like five minutes. And then Bill said, Dr. Bill Pettit said, yeah, yeah, I, I got to ask you what's so funny. And he said, I realize I've been making myself sick for the past 40 years. And it all started that I had a little bit of problems, so I went to talk to someone. And then I talked to someone about my problems a lot, and then I started hearing voices. So then I was in an institution where I could talk about my problems all day. So again, it becomes a really limited kind of experience and view. And lo and behold, what happened, uh, long story short, I guess, kind of, <laughs> is that the man was discharged from the psychiatric hospital and off all his medications and things like that. And I'm not saying that that's the right way for every human being, because it is not. Everyone's on their unique journey. But I just love to point at what's possible, you know, and these possibilities that can happen when we are embracing the opportunities that do occur moment to moment. You know, he had that session with yeah. Dr. Bill Pettit. Um, I wonder if you can speak a little bit to more that you've seen about that, about really embracing moments and possibilities or stories that you've met uh, or people that you've met that have had kind of stories like this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, but where people ha that I've met have had an awakening or an epiphany, I, I, I don't know that I could speak to one individually. Well, maybe there is one story. I did so many stories. I mean, all of my students have had awakenings, the ones that have stuck with the practice, and their whole life has changed um, because of, of these sort of aha moments that they get. And one, one of them is uh, a very dear friend of mine who I talk about in my book um, quite a bit. Um, was working in the Pentagon uh, when the plane crashed during 9-11. Uh, when the plane crashed, he was actually in the room right next to where the plane crashed. And so that actually, when he came to, it was like the head of the plane, the nose of the plane was right in front of him. That's how close he was. And uh, he, as you can imagine, he had suffered severely from um, uh, PTSD. And uh, the amazing thing was what happened was, is one of the ways to recover from it is he got into yoga. And, um, and that was inevitably how he ended up finding me. And it was really through the yoga that he really recovered and really found his way um, his way back home, his way back to himself, his way back to uh, what he held most important. And he has since uh, retired from the Pentagon and actually now teaches yoga full time and has started special classes in the Pentagon. Um, this man named, uh, this, this reporter for CNN named, uh, I can't remember his name right now, Sanjay Gupta, I think it is, um, actually did a whole report on him. So. You could actually go and Google um, yoga teacher, Pentagon, Sanjay Gupta, CNN, <laughs> and probably find the story. And it's, it's, when you told that story about this man, um, 
it's amazing because, you know, one of my teachers says that yoga is not possible for a disturbed mind. And there are people that are so stuck, as this man was, um, in his story, the story was clinical, you know, a doctor, a psychiatrist, you know, diagnosed him. So there was a, something clinical there. But it's amazing to me that in yoga, well, well, having said that, there's always a possibility for an awakening to happen. That possibility for awakening is always there. And typically the awakening happens through practice, but sometimes that awakening happens by being in the presence of an enlightened soul or just through the grace of the divine, you know, and in that moment he had an awakening and it was like, wow, I don't need to live this life anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. <laughs> and it can, it, and it can be that simple. I mean, it's, it's not simple, but it can be that simple. And in the mind, and in that moment, the mind is no longer disturbed. I think it's so, I love hearing stories like that. So thank you. Yes, of course. You know, for me, it's, it's so nice to just, again, talk about this quiet mind that is, that is available to everybody and that it can be ordinary, you know, it can be. Um, And it's so funny. I I love how you and I come from different backgrounds. I feel like we've kind of, uh, we've arrived at at the same airport through different different flights, you know, and I just love that, that for, <laughs> for yeah. each person that there, there is, uh, again, an individualized path that grace is always available. And, and whether that's through yoga or uh, a conversation about the mind or whatever, it could be, I mean, some people find, find clarity and have aha moments again in the shower or when singing or when playing soccer. So it's just, it's just amazing. I, I think, Human beings, sometimes we get a bad rap because we get so identified with our conceptual mind, but our core really is beautiful. And uh, I, I yeah. would invite listeners to just play around with that. If you're pessimistic, that's okay, but just play around with it in your, <laughs> in your everyday life. That, you know, the only thing that can ever get in any of our way is, again, a really busy uh, contaminated, you know, the contamination of the conceptual mind. And, and with that, I can't believe we're out of time. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> we're just starting. We're just starting to go there. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I think I have to have you on again because there are so many like nuggets I wanted to know more about. But if you could leave the listeners with one take home <laughs> for today, uh, Yogi Aaron, what would that be? And please share where people can reach you if they want to talk with you more, if they want to practice with you, or maybe visit Blue Osa or even go on, an, on, on a retreat uh, with you. I think Cambodia is coming up next, right? Yes, I have a retreat to Cambodia to Angkor Wat in the end of September, September 22nd, October 1st. Um, there's still room for about three more people. So if you'd like to join me, you can get a hold of me. Um, the best way to get a hold of me is through my website, which is yogiaron.com, Y-O-G-I-A-A-R-O-N.com. Uh, and, um, and as you mentioned, I have a great blog there. Um, it is a great blog, I think. <laughs> there's some really great um, tools there. As a takeaway home, I really encourage people just to go to my website, and it is on my homepage. 
the video and the story about um, what happened when I broke my leg. And um, it's a great story. And, you know, in that story, the, the essence of it is to always know that we have choice. And if, if people realized how much choice they had in this world, um, not only would they gain a new sense of freedom uh, and clarity about their life, but I believe that they would start making different choices. So uh, that's my takeaway. You have choice. Go watch my video. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, Yogi Art. Well, I've really, uh, just as a, as a comment, I've really enjoyed your lightheartedness and how you brought that to the call and, and how, again, this is, this is a quality of life that's available to everybody. So I, if people are going through hard circumstance, it's not that I'm saying it doesn't exist. Of course it does. <laughs> but again, that freedom yeah. of choice, that looking inward, that, that self-education and however you do that, uh, that's right for you. It really is a game changer. I, I, can't, I can't express that uh, enough to folks in words, really. Words don't really do it justice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in the flesh in a month when we are down on the beautiful Osa Peninsula at Blue Osa. And if folks would like to join me and meet Aaron in person, uh, I do also have a couple of spots left and they can find out more information at reviveyoursanity.com or you can actually go to uh, blueosa.com as well because the information is on that website too. So thank you so much, Yogi Aaron, and I will talk to you soon. Be well, Amy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. I found today's call really inspiring, but also really practical and really providing a space to remind us of the fact that we are all alive right now in this moment and to not take that for granted, that we don't have to take life for granted and that we can choose to see with wider eyes and to see the opportunities that are available to us. I really enjoyed how he spoke about not clinging to moments and how really they're gifts and that you can really let them go. For me, it reminds me of an inhale and an exhale. So just like breathing, we need the inhale and the exhale, just like we need our low moments and our quote unquote high moments. And throughout the call, there was the theme of the importance and the urgency of the life you're living right now, that putting things off to tomorrow often means that it will not get done and that you actually have the power, the capacity, the resilience to do things today, that it really isn't as scary as we think and that we when we actually start to get into action, that we will have these aha moments that will suit us and we will know what to do as we move forward. We may not know as quickly as we would like, but that having these aha moments and this capacity for insight is built into every human being. I think that is so important and something that is so missed in society where we're taught to value outward things like how smart someone is or how good they are at sports or how good of a people person they are, but that every human being does have access again to this inner wisdom and can cultivate a life through their strengths and can also improve on weaknesses. That is always possible and that can always fuel us into moving forward in our personal and our professional lives. 
Until next time, thank you so much for listening. If you do want to get these podcasts delivered right to your device, all you've got to do is subscribe on iTunes. You do that by searching in the little search button, Escaping the Rat Race with Amy Leo. We also have these podcasts available on YouTube, so you can do the same by searching Escaping the Rat Race with Amy Leo, and it should pull up our playlist where you can easily access all of these amazing interviews where we're speaking with people who are really creating a life, a business that they love and that there is much more available to us. There are much more possibilities than we think. Until next time, keep rocking.